Just a heads up, everyone. Though we look at things through an optimistic lens on this show, some of the topics may be triggering and some of the language may be adult. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm Jenna Edwards, and I've overcome some pretty serious adversity in my life. And I just recently realized it was all because of this mindset I call aggressive optimism. I knew I wasn't the only one living with this way of thinking, and as I always say, there's a million ways to do anything. So I wanted to do this podcast so I could have conversations with others and learn how they overcome adversity and achieve their big goals and dreams and create the life they want to live. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and I have literally, you guys, been giddy all morning thinking about our next guest because I sent out this worksheet for them to fill out so that I know a little bit more about them. And he sends back at the top of his email, (laughs) I'm the oldest person at the local trampoline park and sometimes walk my kids to the bus stop on stilts. You guys, welcome to the show, Joe Fingerhut. Jenna, I'm optimistic. (laughs) I am so happy you are. I'm super excited to talk to you because, Joe, you've traveled the world literally visiting 30 countries on six continents in eight years after college, and you regularly rock the stage in front of school assemblies, students, you guys. Like, that's a tough crowd. And yet you consider writing your book, Permission to Play, to be your biggest challenge. And I want to know why. (laughs) Um, why? I mean, it was, so I love the fact that you put that in context. Like you get on stage in front of teenagers. That's right. (laughs) And as you do as a speaker and as I do, like sometimes we have to take a step back and and I have to actually think about the fact that that is a crazy concept. (laughs) I know, right? Like speaking on stage in general is the biggest fear in the entire world. And then you add to it like teen angst. Teenagers. (laughs) I spoke at this middle school the last day of first semester last year and I'm in this gym and it's bleachers getting packed with sixth and seventh and eighth graders. Oh, and I'm going to be the only one on the basketball floor in front of them. And I am psyched, right? <laughs> and I talked to my sister on the phone beforehand. And uh, I, she's like, so what are you doing? I'm like, I'm about to speak to a gym full of middle schoolers. And she's <laughs> like, oh, that's just, I, I can't even. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, this is what gets me up. I love this. So I know. I hear you. Yeah. Given that, I think um, in general, we are wired a little differently. We being speakers, performers, right? Um, But writing a book, it was a constant mental grind. I mean, I've done a lot of things and few activities I have done has had the presence of the resistance voices just shouting. Right? Because you're on stage, you can't even hear the resistance voice. But when you're all by yourself in your room trying to write, it's really loud. Oh my gosh. And the, the crux 
the real crucible when you're in the fire like you can make your outline and you can make your draw the skeleton of the book but when you're fleshed out you just sit down and these voices are just like you are a terrible writer you have nothing to say nobody's gonna read it what do you think you're doing and it's a challenge to just push those out and be like yeah it might be bad i'm just gonna write like we can hone later we can polish later just get this out um and it's a slog, you know, it's a, it's a long time and you just have to take it one step at a time and, and keep it going. So how and, long did it take you to write the book? Uh, I'm 42. So, <laughs> so 41 years. Yeah. 41. <laughs> um, you know, I thought about it for a long time. The actual process was like two years cause I started, I worked with a book coach, which I okay. highly, highly recommend working with a coach period. My book coach is uh, Nancy Richardson. She's the book professor. She's based in St. Louis. She does amazing work, but she created a program that was like just a path. And I mentioned building the skeleton, like that's what we did. And much like any skill, it did take me two years. It took us two years from first time starting to actually having it on Amazon and getting it out. Wow. Anyone and, could get it done shorter than that. Wow. And people could get it take longer than that. But yeah, I was going to say, process, even if it takes longer, that's still okay. Had you ever written anything beforehand? Like, did you blog? Did you do articles? Had you written, like, co-written anything? I've always written in my life. Okay. Um, like when I, when I first started traveling, I was doing journal, like email journals to people. This was before, um, before social media. Um, and, and I, I, I journal to myself. I write, um, you know, self articles from time to time, I guess I've contributed to certain things, but it wasn't like I could just take those and put them in. Like I right. took those experiences and stuff that I'd written out bef about before, but, um, and then rewinding just a little bit, the structure mainly it's about a year to get everything out. And then a couple months, I got out of my head onto, you know, paper, document, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then another couple months to edit that. And then a couple more months to publish, you know, interior design and cover work and all that. So like actual writing was probably a year. And then the other stuff was like bells and whistles, you know, editing. Right. Else. Oh, that's so cool. And what was it that made you want to write a book? Once I started speaking, um, you know, as you know, and as we can get into, I've had a lot of just crazy endeavors from traveling <laughs> with magic to juggling to DJing. And it's been so much fun. To writing a unicycle, guys. Seriously, yes. you should bring Joe in to speak to your schools. And by the way, even if you're not a school administrator, if you go up to your kid's local school office and be like, I, you need to check this guy out. He <laughs> rides a freaking unicycle on stage. I'm just saying. Yeah. And then conferences too. And I've done, I've, I did the same thing. I'm doing the same thing now at like adult events and corporate events and they're getting the same feedback as I am. Oh, that's at, great. And youth audiences. So, but my point um, with all of that was I kind of took the, the perspective of, wait, I could make all this happen. And <laughs> like, wait, I want to speak. I think I can make this happen. I just take the same journey and the same steps. So once I started speaking, I was like, okay. Um, and once I'm in the speaking industry in the speaking field, a lot of speakers have books, but it's just another level of credibility, another level of um, tangible offerings that you can have to just, okay. I mean, yes, make more money, supplement your income with a revenue stream, but also increase your um, credibility 
like I have friends that they'll introduce me at a party and they'll just be like, yo, this is Joe. He wrote a book. <laughs> That's just, so like, awesome. <laughs> and those resistance voices are loud and clear in my head. I don't let them come out loud, but they're just like, yeah, it's a paperback and it's on Amazon and five people have bought, you know, like. <laughs> right. I do know because I literally have friends who have won Oscars and Emmys and I'm like, yeah, you know, like we belittle everything. I, I tell this story all the time and you guys that listen to any of my podcasts have heard it, but stick with me because I feel like it's a perfect opportunity to remind us all that it's not the size of the endeavor. It is that one little moment that could change someone. And mine is I was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer for yeah. seven seconds. You were a slayer. I am a slayer. It's so exciting. Like to me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm totally geeking out because I'm a fangirl. But also as an actor, you're like, people are like, oh my God, you're in Buffy. And I'm like, yeah, but it's only seven seconds. And I right. used to do that. Your legs out from underneath you. Right. As, and I used to do that until one time I was at this event and this woman came up to me and she recognized me which is trippy as all get out when it's like seven seconds of screen time. And she's like, I know who you are. No and way. I'm like, what? And she bursts into tears and then tells me about how that moment in the one episode of the entire show may, gave her enough courage to leave her abusive boyfriend. Oh, my gosh. And I'm I like, that story. That's a great moment. It was insane. And it really showed me, A, what we do isn't about us. Of course. And B, like we have to let those around us who are celebrating us do that as awkward as it may be at the time because we do have all those like thoughts in our heads like, oh my gosh, but it was only seven seconds. Oh my gosh, but it's only on Amazon. Oh my gosh, but, but, but. Yeah. But the reality is like that's a big deal to some people. Oh, and yeah. your book in particular is written and it's called Permission to Play, which I think is such a huge need in the world. So don't belittle it. I get why you're doing it. But oh, yeah, yeah. also, why exactly did you pick that topic? Topic or title? Both. Both. So all credit for the title goes to my book coach. Nice. Previously mentioned Nancy, the book professor. Um, it's so funny when you talk to people about new endeavors, especially young people, but people in general, they always want to talk about, man, I got a logo and it's on a business card. This is my new idea. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, I've noticed that now. And I was the same way when I was writing my book and working with my coach. I was like, um, title, title, title. And she just kept saying, title is the last thing. Title oh, interesting. The last thing we do. Oh, 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 okay. I guess I'm just going to keep writing. Just keep writing, keep writing. And so my, a lot of the guiding, one of the guiding principles of my life is this quote, um, when you make no distinction between work and play, you've achieved true mastery in life. Say it a little bit slower. Sure. When you make no distinction between work and play, you have achieved true mastery Ugh. in life. I love it. You know, it's a variation on once you do something you love, you're never going to work a day in your life. You know, right. and I've been able to do that. I make a living. <laughs> Gang, doing magic, DJing, juggling, riding unicycles, walking on stilts, like doing all this crazy stuff. I make a living. I play, I get paid to play. And so a lot of my book is um, not only my journey of how I was able to um, pursue those passions, but also how the reader 
can overcome the same excuses that I had, that everybody has, that I'm not enough voices. I can't, I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough, uh, I don't come from that type of family, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get to play. And at the end, we're brainstorming. And my, my coach goes, you, Joe, you give people permission to play. Yeah, so okay. Good. Pursue their passions. Your book is going to be called Permission to Play. And I love it. Like, it's very unique. It's out there. It says a lot in itself. And yeah, absolutely. Um, the word play is so powerful. And well, and the word permission. I think we oftentimes forget that people, because it's really a challenge on a regular basis, at least for me, to not feed in or buy into those negative, insecure voices. <clears throat> and so sometimes I need permission to be as powerful as I feel, yes. or I need permission to um, be bright and shiny and say my opinion and all of that stuff. And so I love the word permission and I use it a lot um, in my regular life because I think we forget that adults need permission to oh do my gosh. things. Yeah, because we the input that we get from everybody around us, and it, you know, it really starts with our family. Like we're growing up, um, I think conventionally, your parents they want you to be safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. They want you to get that secure job and have that those secure benefits and be in the same place. And um, and you oh okay, and you can sometimes then you go to school and all of our institutions are like this is what we're grooming you for is to take the secure path and stuff. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but some, we lose sight of the fact that actually we can do things that are fun. We can right. make us feel like we're a third grader and our only job is to play. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's where it comes from. I love it. I love it so much. And what, um, so I want to get back to like how you overcame the specific challenges, especially those challenges that were in your head. You know, like there's going to be a ton of challenges in general when you write a book, like where do I publish it? You know, what's the cover design? All of those technical things. But I feel like it's mostly mindset when you're all by yourself in that room, yeah. like typing away, not trying to hear the voices that are telling you you're not good enough. So how did you overcome those? Uh, it's the same mindset that I've used in pursuing a lot of different skills and passions and and just giving yourself not just permission to play, but permission to be imperfect. Mm. Um, Talk a little bit more about that because I love that. So when I, I, uh, I taught English in Japan after college. That was one of my, uh, stops around the the world. But (laughs) you know how much I love Japan. So I'm all giddy. And I saw these kids on a unicycle and I was like, I'm going to learn to do that. I have no idea how, nothing. And so it took me a while to get my hands on an adult sized unicycle. And I'm like, now what? And (laughs) I'm going to go behind my apartment and hold onto this railing and try and just do it. And I'm going to fall a lot, but I don't see any other way to do this. And that I just, I just did it, you know? So Mm -hmm. right in the book, it was just like, okay. Yeah. Those voices. Sometimes I just, straight up yeah you're probably right like this might not be good but it needs to be out it needs to come out it needs to get written down and you got to start with something and absolutely stop and have nothing you can't do anything with it you can't sculpt it you can't hone it um 
I use the uh, analogy a lot, like an artist, like a wood carver, right? Steps up to this big chunk of wood and, you know, you and I see a stump, but they see the finished product. They see mm-hmm. the sculpture and they're, they're just carving around that. So whatever you have, that, that masterpiece is inside of you, but you got to take action to get to it. I love that. And I, my friends and I, cause I work in entertainment in Los Angeles and I talk to a lot of writers, especially, and I can't remember who said it, but I think we forget the part where it takes uh, time to actually make the clay that will then be molded. And so what that means in the process is what you had just said, it just needs to get out, right? Like that's you making the clay so that you can then go into the edit process and actually sculpt that clay into what you want it to be. But we do forget about that piece where it's, it's like the imperfect, just kind of to be a little vulgar throwing up of the idea and then like putting it in the bucket and figuring out what to do with it, you know? Yeah. You got to have stuff to work with. Absolutely. And so um, were there any specific techniques that you use? Because I know you you have a lot of um, mindset experience. And one of the things I love that you talk to uh, students about, and I imagine you talk to the adults about this too, is that idea of instead of thinking, I can't do this, you think, how can I do this? Yes, that's my big thing. Every I know, time I, I love it. Things, that is the overriding message. P.S., that's literally what I mean by aggressive optimism. Exactly. And so we're the same before. Yeah, <laughs> different, different delivery, right? Mm-hmm. So the I can't is just, it's whatever form of it, you know, if you, if your mindset is, I can't, you're going to find reasons to justify that. Absolutely. Change to the whole mindset of how can I, instead of focusing on excuses and limitations, you're focusing on possibilities and opportunities and resources to get those things done. So yeah, how can I, um, I think your question was, uh, remind how me. How did you well, use that specifically in the writing process? So I just tried to go step by step and I, um, surrender to the fact that I'm not the expert. That's why I was working with a coach. Like mm-hmm. I'd sat down and tried to quote unquote write a book before, but it was like you said, puking words on paper. <laughs> you're like me. I was making the clay. Yeah. You get to 25 pages or something. You're like, Oh, okay, good. Now, now what? <laughs> and now that I had a structure to work with, it was just like, trust the process. If you're a sports fan, that's big with the Philadelphia 76 Just trust the process. Like this is laid out in front of me. Um, I guess, okay, here's the thing. I met um, my coach at this networking event in St. Louis. And I was at this point where like, I think I want to write a book. And she stood up. She's like, I help people write books. I'm like, <laughs> afterwards, I was like, let's, I'd like to see what to do to work together. And so we did. And she laid out her system. And it, there, there was an investment. It wasn't just free. She wasn't doing this, um, you know, for her own. Sure. But um, I kind of did some evaluation whether I wanted to do it or not. And I just reflect on the fact that I'm a good student. Um, I've never been a straight A student, but I have always been able to turn in the homework. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like B plus, A minus, accepting that I'm not A plus naturally, like the best, you know, I'm not, I'm not, but I will do the work. And I'm just like, you put the hoops in front of me, I will jump through them. So what's next? How nice. can I make this homework assignment? Okay, maybe I didn't maybe I didn't ace this one, but I showed up. 
And that's, that's amazing. It's such an important thing to remember too. It's like, how do you work? I, I have that conversation a lot with a friend of mine because we're both really good students as well. And so for us, it's difficult to do anything unless there's like a syllabus, right? Oh, yeah. And so we write syllabus for ourselves when we start projects because we know that that's how we'll get it done. Yeah. But it's important to know that, that, right? What? I need to do a better job of that. That's a great idea in my life. I, uh, I have... I have tons of these little notes that are just like tasks for the day. And I really get pleasure at us crossing them out. Oh uh, yeah. I'm a checklist out. junkie as well. <laughs> so That's exactly fun. what it was. <laughs> I love that so much. So for anyone who would be looking to write a book, for example, or do anything, any playful thing that they wanted to do, what would be your advice to them? So there's a saying in the speaking world that if you want to speak more, then speak more. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to kind of roll your eyes at that, but it's it's absolutely, like you can fill in the blanks Mad Lib style on that. If you want to do something more, then do that thing more. If you want to play more, then play more. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to I want to feel like a kid. I want to feel the innocence. I have an 11-year-old son and an 8-year-old daughter. And we just, we spend so much time outside on our trampoline and then there's a trampoline park. And it's like, <laughs> it makes me feel like a kid. It is so much fun. And I love doing that. And I'm like, yeah, I want to play more. So I'm going to play more. Um, yeah. I want to, I, I want to speak more. So I'm constantly challenging myself to f- connect with people that allow me that opportunity um, if you want to travel more, you got to start doing research and thinking, how can I travel more? Where, you know, pick a destination. Where do you want yeah. to go? What are the dates? What's the budget? Like there's so many steps you can take that are free. I know it's so true, right? right? Like the great thing about dreams is the planning of them. It usually doesn't cost much. The actual planning, like the execution. Yeah. But sometimes the planning of it, you know, you, there's so much you can do just Get out a piece of paper and think about things and just like, okay, where can I go with this? How can I do it? Right. I think that every single one of us, that's why I started this podcast, by the way, because I wanted to have more of these types of conversations and I wanted to share it. And I was like, well, then just freaking do it. You know, but there were all these reasons that I shouldn't. Yes. You know, I had to overcome and I love that. And I think everybody listening, myself included, has something that they want to do more of, whether it's spend time with their family, whether it's travel, whether it's work out, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. So I think what Joe is saying right now is he's giving you permission to go and do those things. And I would love to hear from you when you start doing them. So please uh, go on Instagram and take pictures and post and tag Joe and I in them. Uh, We'll put all of that on the show page uh, under this episode so you can find him on social media. Right, Joe? You would love to see people playing more, huh? Oh, my gosh. I love for it. (laughs) I love when people share, like, this is what I'm doing. And just to walk my walk and hold myself accountable, like, I want to check back in with you when I have started my permission to play podcast because I haven't taken the action. Like if you want to podcast more, podcast more, I got to get it out there. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I am totally going to hold you accountable. (laughs) Good. Good, good. That's a podcast that needs to exist in the world, right? It is. 
and 100%. I hundred percent. I share that dream, and people are like, "Oh yeah, that, that, yeah, that's a good idea." I'm like, I know. I okay, everybody listening, let's hold Joe accountable because I want to hear that podcast for sure. So, Joe, if yes. you could share one resource with our audience, what would it be? Um, what has been highly influential in my life has been the book The Alchemist by Paolo ah. Coelho. Just I, I don't reread a lot of books. I don't rewatch a lot of movies, but I've read that book many multiple times in my life. I've read it to my kids. Um, it's kind of a folktale on following your heart and pursuing your dreams. It's an easy read. It's so wonderful. Oh, and, I love uh, that. The key quote that is a kind of a pillar in my life is once you make a decision, the universe conspires in your favor. <sighs> that says it all. That says it all. That. That's amazing. So I feel like the next question you might have already done, but I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it again. If you could leave the audience with one quote, what would it be? Right. So that's the quote. Uh, <laughs> and let's uh, say it clear. <laughs> so the quote that I just said was, once you make a decision, the universe conspires in your favor. I thought that was originally in The Alchemist. I've since heard that there's different versions, um, different ancient texts and stuff, but either way, it's a great quote. Um, but another one um, that I was discussing recently is change happens when your desire for change overcomes your resistance to change. There's, there's always going to be resistance. But once you just say, I've had enough, like I can't do this anymore. I can't not do something. I have to do this. Your desire for change overcomes your resistance to change. Oh my God. I love that so much. Joe, you are inspiring, and I'm so glad you exist in the world. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jenna. Uh, everybody listening, thank you so much for listening. I uh, am your host, Jenna Edwards. You've been listening to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you dream it, it is possible. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. The Aggressive Optimism Podcast is made possible through affiliate programs. So if you'd like to support the podcast and get some really great products for yourself, head on over to the offerings page at aggressiveoptimism.com. And if you want a little more aggressive optimism in your life, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Edwards Life. I'll see you over there. Until then, have a good one.